genre. Cool. Awesome. We are going. Um, I have my notes up. Victoria, I didn't even play the minute so that you could see the minute. Oops. Oops. I should be better about sending you the links when I send it to our guests. <laughs> I have the folder. I think I could send you the folder, but I feel like I feel like that would get lost very quickly. Ah. This is a very yeah. Like just right in front of King's Cross. Like let's just float this car up and just hey, take the hell out. It's not King's Cross. Like that's right, not King's Cross. Uh, but yeah, they just they just take off. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not even like trying to no hide themselves. I love this taxi driver. It's like, what the heck? Like, I gotta stop drinking before work. <laughs> <laughs> I see a panicky Ron. Like, just all panicky Ron. But like his like very stiff, outstretched uh-huh. arms. Like, I mean, he's probably like... never driven the car before. That's my guess. I would assume. Fred and George drove it. Well, really he does seem like shot. the country boy type. Who? Yeah. Has driven a car? Yeah, he doesn't like, seem out like, in too the concerned with it. Yeah. I mean, okay, so they're 12. I didn't get behind the wheel for the first time until I was 13 or 14. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I think I was... Um, well, the thing I about them between, driving like, the car 14, is... 15 for me. They didn't even have video games to practice with. I mean, by the time I started driving, I had been virtually driving cars since I was like seven. So translating that into physical motion, it was no big deal. But for them, it's like yeah, completely foreign. Well, not completely foreign. I mean, Ron has seen his father drive and he saw his brothers drive. So he's got like a tangential I knowledge. don't know that... Arthur has driven the car. Like, I mean, we see them drive it here to keep, like, on the, I don't know if, I feel like it flying, like, Fred and George taking it to fly was the first time it's ever been, like, flown. Because when Molly brings it up to Arthur, he says, like, how'd it go? And I think in the book, in, in the book, she makes a point, they make a point that, like, Arthur says, well, the law doesn't say, or the, the law says that, that, there's nothing wrong with enchanting it as long as you don't intend to fly it. And <laughs> she calls him out like the it the law has a loophole because you wrote it that way. <laughs> it's like shh, you're not supposed to say that part. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't I don't feel like it's flown much. Like I think this is probably the second time they've ever like flown the car. That makes sense because the invisibility thing doesn't work that great. Yeah. So there's probably still a lot of bugs in the car <laughs> and its ability to fly and its functionality. So yeah. it makes sense that it doesn't have like a long history of being flown. Yeah. We'll get more into it. We got a lot of good car stuff today. I should, we should do the intro. Okay. How do you guys feel? Ready? Feeling good. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good.
Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast where we're overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one flying car minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Trey Cope. And we have Rick and Julia from Mad Max Minute back with us again. Welcome back, you guys. Oh, what a day. What a lovely day. (laughs) (laughs) So ready for this. We are in our element today. Yes, we are. We're all about cars on our podcast. Oh, it's exciting. Not that we know anything about cars, but like we're all about them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like like they're pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one drives real fast. It's like, yeah, this one's one's fast. (laughs) This one's old. This one kind of putters around when it lifts from the ground. It's like, well, and this one flies. Yeah, this one flies, but it seems to have some trouble getting up. Oh my God, you know what this looks like? It's like a VTOL. Yeah, it's like rising, but it's not rising like smooth coming up. It's not like um. Like a flying saucer just lifting up off the ground, or like a helicopter. Like it, it sort of wobbles back and like forth. Like it doesn't have that there's hover. A, like there's a um, a vine that I saw recently that was like someone getting into someone's car with like a bunch of helium balloons blown up in the car, and then all of a sudden, like the shot from outside the car is the car lifting up in the ground, like oh just like this, just <laughs> like this. And I don't know how they shot it, but it makes me super happy. <laughs> I'm going to find that video. T- I'm just giving myself so much work to do after it's, I It's going to be like up, but with a car. But with a car. Just oh. a bunch of- <laughs> but it's not like balloons. balloons. The balloons aren't outside. The balloons, like, it doesn't make sense. The balloons are inside the car. Oh. Like, physically, this wouldn't happen. No, not at all. But but it looks like this, like how they take off in front of the uh, the, the, the train station here, the uh, St. Pancras International. Pancras? That's what <laughs> yeah, I keep saying. Yeah, I keep hearing too. There's no E. It's just St. Pancras. C-R-A-S. It's weird. I don't know who St. Pancras is. I didn't do that for my research. Maybe that's not how you pronounce it. Maybe it's not. Mm. I don't know. It was part of, I got it from movielocations.com. Good job. Yeah. There we go. We'll blame them. (laughs) I know we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but I love that Harry's initial idea is to wait by the car, but Ron's initial idea is to steal the car. Yes. Because he's a Weasley. I mean, they're, they're, they're very mischievous. They are mischievous. He's, uh... Very heavily inspired by his older brothers. You could definitely tell out of all of his older <laughs> brothers, that's the ones he's closest to. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. one closest in age, but, like, he probably didn't have a lot of... T- I can't imagine that Ron had a lot of, like, b- good brotherly time with, like, Bill and Charlie. No, Percy's around, but Percy's like... this. Yeah, Percy removes himself be- from the situation. Yeah, he doesn't seem to want to be bothered. No, he just closes yeah, himself off in his room. Such a nerd. Mm-hmm. He almost seems like he feels like he's already too good for his own family. He, uh, already, I think in the book, um, it's establishing that, like, Percy at this point in time already has plans to eventually be the Minister of Magic. Yeah, like, this is his ambition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, which I guess is another, he's a Gryffindor, but for a different reason. Yeah. Than the other Weasleys are. Definitely. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he's really living up to the ambition part of that house. Not so much the the courage or the Yeah. Or the uh or the bravery, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that I think of it, maybe he really should have been sorted into Slytherin. But do you think I the don't know family if he's, I don't know if he's cunning, though, was enough? Like the blood over overwrought like the fact that he was a Weasley and all the Weasleys are Gryffindors, it like swayed the hat. That right. Much. That was just the expectation. Because we do learn that the desire 
or expectation yeah. of the person is taken into account by the mm-hmm. half. And I'm I'm sure that like we don't I don't know how much older Bill or Charlie are than Percy off the top of my head, but if either of them were still at school when he got sorted, I'm sure that like that first thought was I want to be in the same house as my brothers. Right. I believe Charlie was either was like a fourth or fifth year when okay. Percy was a first year. Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Yeah, so I, I think that that would definitely influence that decision. Yes. A lot like, I mean, we got some insight into how Ron felt when he was being sorted about that family expectation Yeah, of being sorted into Gryffindor. And we also got to see it in Ginny, how worried she was about where she was going to end up. So mm-hmm. I think it's logical to conclude that Percy felt some of that same family pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Well they're, well, they're so, like, not segregated, but where they live is just so far from anything else. It just seems yeah. like they lean very heavily on each other. Yeah. That would have been so, so awkward for Percy if he had got sorted into Slytherin. And then oh. he goes home and everybody else in the house is a Gryffindor. And you've been sorted into, like, the rival house. Wow. I, I think I think it would actually lend... sounds like the cursed child. Right, yeah, exactly. Because that's exactly what happens. I think that, um, I think that that would definitely make a, it would make Percy's arc in the books more interesting because it just like bums me out when he gets more and more distant from the family and is being kind of like a jerk in the later books before he comes back around. I think if he had been in, 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 in Slytherin or in a different house than the rest of his brothers, it would kind of explain a little more of that aloofness that he has. And I don't think it would have been as jarring when he decides to go the way he does. I guess. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, you already know me. I'm always against, like, painting the Slytherins as, like, the go-to bad guy just for the sake of being... (laughs) Just because they're Slytherin. I just Mm. am against that. Because they are just essentially kids. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... I don't know. I I think Slytherin kind of see him as a Slytherin kids that way no i don't know if he could i don't think he's i don't yeah i don't think he's the cunning like you said earlier he's like i said he may be a jerk and like jerks come from all houses i would assume like i'm pretty sure you could meet a i mean yeah we've seen Gildrey lockhart yeah there you go yeah <laughs> so so, so then jerks come from all houses he could just be a jerk percy's percy's success doesn't come at the cost of anybody else yeah it's it's through his own hard work and being in the right place at the right time kind of thing yeah, yeah he, like he's not malicious the correct connections yeah you know that type of thing and i think yeah. keeping him in gryffindor underlines that it's the decisions you make along the way not what house you're sorted into in the beginning yes yeah like yes. just because you're in slytherin doesn't mean you're going to turn out bad and people I- who are in gryffindor can also turn out he doesn't turn out bad but he he Make some different choices. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Put, he puts himself in a situation that's maybe not the best, but only because of circumstances. It bumps yeah. me out that the only the only bit of any of this character arc we get in all of the movies from Percy is like, I think he's walking next to Cornelius Fudge in one sequence in Order of the Phoenix. In which it looks very, like, very, like, blatant. And I don't even think it's like a sequence that we, I think it's like... I think we see it through one of the moving photographs in the Daily Prophet. Right? Yeah, oh that goodness. sounds right. I think yeah. that's how they do it. 
So it's just like a... You get none of Again, for anything. folks, if, if they've never read the books and they're listening to our show, I'm sorry that we're getting really get, into book tangents you this get time. A, you get no Percy growth. <laughs> no. no. No nothing. Character arc. Whatever. No. Oh, it's a shame. I like his... I like that story of... Because they're dealing with their own insider family stuff. And I feel like that's almost like a trope when you have a big family, especially a family, family that, looks, drama. that looks poor. Uh-huh. Uh, you always have the one that feels like I'm going to be better than this family and it ends up like... I'm going to rise above much, this. And yeah, it ends up being a very like... Turns out that no, you you should you need your family and you like, should, yeah, you're there to support you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Coming from a big family, I can tell you that that definitely happens. Oh yeah, it's happened in my family for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately. We're not here to talk about family dynamics today. <laughs> We're here to talk about a flying car. Yes, that's much more fun. It is much more I, fun. I have a question about the car. Yeah. So oh? as the car is taking off, it's, you know, it's all wobbly and it looks like it's maybe difficult to steer. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's the car or the driver? Oh, I think I it's, think the, it's driver. the driver. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So do you think it's the car responding to the... his anxiety or something? Yeah, like his like his... his anxiety exactly or his confidence level not being Yeah, that because great. it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the steering column has any like up or down give, right? Like it, yeah, it turns it's not like, an like a car. Yeah, and and so I don't know like it doesn't Ron isn't doing anything other than steering the wheel that we can see so i'm not sure how he's how the car even knows like where to dip and tilt and like up and like any of that up and down momentum comes from i have no idea yeah when i was a kid i thought that cars that changing gears in cars like going in reverse or park was just something that the driver like thought about <laughs> like oh i want the car to go in reverse therefore the car is going to go into reverse Interesting. it's time to park so now the car is in park i didn't realize that you actually had to shift gears yeah gotcha like tell the car uh, so yeah. that's like exactly what's happening here ron is like thinking in some way i want to go up and the car goes up and the car goes yeah. up uh-huh yeah is it because he's unsure that it wobbles? Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I don't know. I've never, I've never actually flown this before. Hopefully he's scared, so it's like, mm, yeah. So it's like wobbly, nerd. wobbly. I like the I idea. I would like of to like... think that the uh, the I would like to think that the steering wheel is enchanted in such a way that it can sort of not tilt and move like an airplane control, but it yeah. can sort of sense. Like, how you're gripping the steering wheel. Like, if you yeah. hold it up towards the top, maybe it goes higher. If you slide your hands down to the bottom, maybe it lowers. We see Ron using the gear shifter tomorrow. It might yeah. be tomorrow or the day after, but there is some sort of element that the gear shift controls. Yes. Yes. And I don't but know But it would make they... sense that there would be some sort of feedback from the steering wheel itself. Well, brooms also kind of do the same thing. There's no steering mechanism on a broom. It just kind of feels the way that your body is moving. Yeah. I feel like the broom movement, though, I think can equate kind of to like a like a bicycle. Like if you're lean, like you like it's it's more about the weight and, and where your center of gravity is. 
Just yeah. To, yeah. to kind of you lean forward and it goes forward a little bit faster and then when you like Harry kind of like pulls back on it to slow it down but I don't as because they're stationary inside like they're within the confines of the car I think that the principle seems a little a little different I don't know it's weird yeah so my best guess is it's kind of feeling the the pressure on the steering wheel yeah 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 I I keep thinking about the mechanism that allows this car to fly. And I know that, you know, Magic. from dialogue in the books and whatnot, that the car itself is enchanted to fly. But I was yeah. just thinking if Arthur took a flying broom and maybe he, like, chopped it up and, like, put the pieces of the broom Ooh. into the spokes of the wheel. So that Weird. way, the faster the wheels spin, the higher it goes and the slower the wheels spin, well, the lower they, it goes. they, like, drove it down the street to get to King's Cross. Like, I don't think they yeah. flew it here. Well, maybe so, he has to be in, like, a certain setting. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I'm 100% certain of, and this is, like, the only thing that I know for an absolute fact, is that if I were in Arthur's shoes, like, if I woke up as a wizard tomorrow, the first thing I would do is start enchanting muggle artifacts. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly. why, I open that's my why eyes. they have a whole department to stop yeah. that from happening. Exactly. Yeah, I open my eyes in the morning, I see a wand, and I'm like, okay... What am I going to enchant first? <laughs> what, what I, I kind of want to follow this. I kind of want to pull on this thread just a little, little bit. What what do you think you would enchant first? Well, obviously, like, the first thing I'd have to do is learn how to bewitch things. But the next thing I'd probably want to start messing around with, and there is a lot of conversation about this on the message boards, but there's this whole thing about electricity and magic and yeah. how some electronics just don't work around magic. Like the first thing I'd want to figure out is how to overcome that. And so oh. like the first thing I do is start messing around with electronics, but you know, I like. I often pursuit. wonder, I wonder like, so you can enchant something like a car with the ability to fly and turn invisible. And of course the next thing that comes to mind because America is okay. Well, if you can enchant a car, Maybe you can enchant like weapons. Be like, what? I know, I know. I go dark with this really quick. Like, the, Are you kidding me? There's that old <laughs> meme where they show a picture of a grenade, and they're like, by the time Voldemort figures out what it is, it'll already have exploded. And it's like, you okay, know, so you can take that, like a fiend fire, a fiend fire yeah. curse, and enchant it onto a grenade so that when you throw it, it like becomes this like napalm bomb. Like oh, you can geez. enchant, oh my god! You can take a killing curse and put it into a bullet, and then load that into a sniper rifle, and then like from two miles away, just like boom, Voldemort dead. That's I don't know. Crazy. I I I kind of feel like I would turn into Nicolas Cage from Lord of War. That <laughs> is like, yes. so dark. It kind of is. <laughs> okay, okay, I would the. Um, but I would also grenade. enchant my motorcycle. <laughs> oh, I would love to have a flying motorcycle. Oh my I was, god. I was, I was thinking, like, what if, like, you're a kid and you want to be, like, you want to do that scene in E.T., but you don't <gasps> have bicycle. an alien. You just, you just gotta enchant the bicycle so you have a flying bicycle. That's cool. I think that would be fun. I don't know how to ride a bike, but I would I think, think for a kid cool. that would be fun. Uh, no, you mentioned, you mentioned, Rick, the, uh, the idea of, like, a grenade, and before he figures out what it is, like, it would go off. I, I was re-watching the Mysterious Ticking Noise video, the Power Puppet <laughs> Pals video, and I think that's exactly what they're doing. 
in that video. It's, it's counting down it's, a grenade. Yeah, it's a pipe bomb. Yeah. Yay! And they'll blow up. Like, they, instead of <laughs> looking for this thing that was making the ticking noise, they decided to sing because they don't know better. Yeah, they're just like, oh. It's a metronome or something. It's a sound. Like, okay. And then Voldemort wins. But no, wins. I would totally enchant my keys for like, I would take all of the keys that I have for work and just like enchant one of them so that it opens all of the doors. That way I don't have to like mess around. I would enchant all of my vehicles to fly, which my car is a smart car. And so it would look absolutely (gasps) ridiculous. So I would absolutely need a invisibility booster. I, I mean, I have enough shame driving I was, that. When thing he started on the with ground. the keys, I was like, "Oh, are you gonna enchant your keys so you like you never misplace them? Like no matter what." <laughs> like, but I'm like, they... "Oh, but you have Asio for that. Yeah, Asio cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I would do. I think I would do the domestic Molly Weasley thing, and I would enchant my like dishes to wash themselves. Clean and and yeah, yeah. I would oh, magically I would, do would, Merlin and and just have the whole thing, yes. the whole house doing stuff. I would totally enchant like a bunch of like Swiffer pads or rags or something like that. Okay, you are the dusting rag and you are going to automatically dust my house. Yeah. I'm going to enchant the vacuum cleaner so that it automatically vacuums the house. Like, oh, I'd be so and all nice. All of this stuff can just do it automatically while I'm not home. Yeah. Right? So I don't have to do it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I would start cooking right away. Like, <laughs> make me breakfast. Yes. Right? And have then it already apparating. Already I would learn to disapparate. I like that a lot. I don't need a car. I can just operate yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. There you go. I think if, if if that's that's always my um my go-to like if you could have any superpower, it's definitely teleportation. No, I'm like oh well, yeah, why wouldn't you want teleportation? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, we are way off minute again. This is over. <laughs> this is the whole week. We we just we get really we're still talking about Harry Potter stuff, so it works. Oh but, yeah, I mean. You know, okay, um, get back to the minute. So they almost fly into a clock tower. They almost fly <laughs> into a clock tower. Ron narrowly avoids the clock tower. Uh, is this the moment when we see the taxi driver, like, poke his head out the window? Like, what in the hell is going on up there? Yeah. His eyes playing tricks on him. He's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Do you... It- is he the only one that saw this car? He was glue. seen. They were seen by no less than seven muggles. I think Snape says in a couple weeks. Yes, I no mean, less than seven. So but no less than more seven. A number. Yeah, I know that's right. way too low of a number. It should be like dozens. They're taking off in the middle of London. Like King's Cross Station is probably one of the busiest stations in that entire city, and they are just vertically yeah, actually, taking off in the middle of it. I just read a thing today, and it was actually in reference to, like, wizard radio. Because I was looking at technology and electricity and stuff earlier for research. And um, they were talking about, there's a, uh, Pottermore has an article about technology and how wizards at one point wanted to create, like, a wizarding television station, like a broadcast station. And they were... Uh, shut down by the ministry because they didn't want muggles to see their broadcasts. And there was like controversy about it because there's wizarding radio broadcasts. And and it mentions that sometimes muggles do catch the wizarding radio. And, but muggles don't believe, like they don't believe in magic. Like it's not inherent that they would think that this is something magical. So the skepticism of the muggle is to just like, shove it away and imagine they must have been seeing something or, oh, I was just imagining things. Like, that's not actually real. Uh, in very the same way that, uh, I think I've seen that trope in other 
stories. I'm trying to think of one that's like immediately in my head. In the Percy Jackson books, they have a contrivance called the mist that like mm-hmm. if if humans that aren't demigods see these mythical things, these magical things happening, they just don't see them or they see them as something else. And we know that they're like places in the wizarding world that are like enchanted so muggles can't interact with them like hogwarts doesn't look like a castle to people that are just like muggles walking up to the castle but this seems different this seems more of a like just like an avoidance like not even like a decision that they're making it's just like not the thought just isn't it's it's like the it's like being a skeptic you don't believe in like ghosts or the paranormal and so if something spooky happens your brain the first thing it's to do is to like explain it away yeah i think that that's sort of what they're uh kind of playing at so maybe more people did see it and they either didn't tell anyone or they just they were just like ah, like that can't be a thing just kind of they probably thought it was some sort of promotional stunt for a movie or something like that yeah yeah i mean think here so this movie is supposed to be happening in 1992 is that right yeah Yeah. what would they be promoting Mm. (laughs) all right i don't know well the first thing i would think of would be like something like a chitty chitty bang bang remake or something Ooh. like that <laughs> but i don't think that ever happened i don't know i dig it i just really love ron and harry flying the car i love when harry tells ron like ron most muggles aren't accustomed to seeing a flying car like the, the thought never dawned on him before yeah like he's so quick to steal the car and then he doesn't even think to make the car invisible. It's like he's he's the king of half-cocked plans. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the title of this episode. Ron Weasley, <laughs> the king of half-cocked plans. Oh, it's so good. Mm. And you know, he 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 this button on the dashboard. It's the only I think it's other than when he pulls the the gear shift tomorrow. I think this is the only thing that we see him interact with inside the car that like mm. causes an effect. He presses this little thing and, uh, and the car disappears as they're taken off into the distance. And then there's this really beautiful shot of the clouds as it uh, reappears like five seconds later. Yeah. We don't they know how much time passed. they do go pretty far. Cause uh, when we see the landscape tomorrow, we are in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So it's been quite a bit it's later in the day. It's not, like, late yet, but train yeah, leaves at still... 11. It could be, like, 2 or 3 in the afternoon, I could imagine. Yeah. A couple hours. It's a mid to late afternoon, not even close to evening yet. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't get the, that, like, kind of brilliant sunset colors of uh, reds and pinks and oranges. It's just yeah. blue skies and smooth sailing. All we get is Ron Weasley saying, oh, no, the invisibility booster must be. And it's like, yes, Ron. <laughs> It must be. It must be. It's it's funny because the invisibility booster gives out in a region that the only person that would even see the car would be like some guy out in a field with his dog. Yeah. Just like the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Let's go lower. It's very pretty. I think this would be a fun. I think at first I would be really terrified. Like, I don't even do well on, like, planes and planes take off. But I think this would be a fun way to travel. Flying car. I've never yeah. I've never flown. No? No. And I don't even like roller coasters. So. Oh. I don't know how. I, I love do. roller coasters. No. I'm, I'm okay. I don't know if this Yeah, I think this second. car ride then is not for you. <laughs> right? No. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I would do well. Worrisome. 
and not all this flying stuff. I'm normally not really good with heights, so like it would be yeah. hard. Just don't look down. I guess. The moment someone tells you that, of course you look down. Yeah. Poke your head out the window like a dog. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tongue sticking out. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say in that case, tomorrow's gonna be quite crazy for you then. I know. I think I think <laughs> I think tomorrow is our first like quote unquote like action sequence in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly the most peril that they've been in so far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited. I've exa- we've exhausted my notes already. How do you guys feel? Do you have anything left? I think you'd like to talk about. I think we've I think we've covered it pretty much. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. In uh in that case, uh, once again, let let's let everyone know where they can find you guys on the internet. All right. So if people want to track us down, we're on Twitter at Mad Max Minute. We're on Facebook at our group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. And of course, all of our stuff can be found on our website at www.madmaxminute.com. Yes. Everybody go track them down. <laughs> and you can uh, you can find us, of course, at duelinggenre.com, along with a bunch of other dueling genre shows. I think, I think this week... I might be wrong. I might be ahead of myself, but I'm pretty sure that this week, Lord of the Rings Minute and Toy Story Minute have both returned with the second movie in their trilogy. Mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, everyone should go check those out. Give those a listen and come back tomorrow as we talk about minute number 29 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ready? Mischief, Mischief Managed. Mischief Managed. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't count us Dang in on it. that one. I'm sorry. I know. I thought about it, and then I looked at Victoria, and then it just happened. Get it together, Roby.